So it's Christmas. For those of you celebrating, happy Christmas. What we thought we'd do over the next couple of episodes is count down the top 10 podcast episodes of all time and pick out the best bits from each episode. We also have a Christmas present for every single listener. And Ed, you're looking quite skeptical about that. Yeah. What is this Christmas present that we have for everyone? Yeah. Let's play the intro and I will tell you what the Christmas present is on the other side of the intro. Welcome to the Medics Money Podcast. My name is Dr. Tommy Perkins and I'm a GP. And my name is Dr. Ed Cantelo, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and a chartered tax advisor. And yes, you did hear that right. Not only is Ed a doctor, he's also a chartered accountant and a tax advisor. Medics Money empowers doctors and other professionals like you to make better financial decisions. As ever, this podcast is for entertainment only and does not represent any form of financial, legal or accounting advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. We've got a Christmas present for every single podcast listener and it's not clickbait, it's real because we have got two brand new microphones and a mixer, which is a present for all listeners. I think you'll agree. Yeah, I think the sound quality may have not been the best in the world last time around, so hopefully it might be a little bit better for everyone. That is the plan. I mean, I think the sound quality went suboptimal at some time and we made some steps to do that. I mean, I'm not sure how I feel about this because as you may know, we mainly record in my cold, wet garage full of surfboards and sweaty wetsuits. And we've left the garage now into my office, which is definitely a bit nicer. And we've got all these brand new mics and stuff. It reminds me a bit of Wayne's World, the film. I'm not sure if we're showing our age here, but do you remember in Wayne's World when they used to record from... Wayne's basement in his house, a bit like our garage, and then they sold out, started recording in that fancy studio. I do. Yeah, I, I still that film. As I recall, well, I don't want to put any spoilers in case anyone... Well, there's two endings. Do you remember? There's two endings to Wayne's yeah, World. A yeah. turn ending. But anyway, we haven't sold out, but we have graduated from the basement. Well, we did graduate from the, the garage to... We used the ironing board last time, didn't we? Yeah, and that was a fail. We're using the disc now. Exactly. So it's, uh, we're going up in the world, but we definitely haven't sold out. On that point, before we get into it, should we use your geeky niche tax knowledge to explain why it's a good time to buy equipment now? Like you're the chief financial officer of Medics Money. Why did you authorize this purchase? Yeah. At the moment, as Tommy's alluded to, it, there is quite a good time for businesses to be buying assets. The first reason being, and this actually applies all year round, so actually this isn't just at this moment in time, but if any businesses are registered for VAT, don't forget that you can claim back um, 20% of the price that you pay for certain assets. So for example, if you purchase microphones for £120, those are going to be priced at £100 plus 20% VAT or £20 to make the numbers easy. And that VAT element of £20 can be claimed back by the business, which obviously gives you quite a decent saving. That does assume that your business is registered with VAT. If it's not registered for VAT, then naturally that won't apply. But still, you know, for those businesses that are registered, that's quite a nice little saving. At the moment, though, what's more interesting is that at the moment, for those of you who do have do operate limited companies, you should be able to claim a corporation tax deduction on the non-VAT price of £100 and claim what's called an annual investment allowance against that. So you'll be claiming that entire cost of that asset against your profits, thus saving your corporation tax current corporation tax rate is 19%. So in our example, if you took VAT off that microphone and it became £100, 
you would save £19 for your tax bill, for example. Even better, at the moment, the government are giving companies what we call a super deduction, whereby they can actually claim 130% of the price they paid against company profits. And that's going to run until March 2023. If you, for example, if you work out the numbers on a 120 pound microphone and you can claim VAT, you can remove that 20 pounds. So you save 20 pounds, leaving you with 100 pounds to pay. But then you can claim a tax deduction of 130% of the 100 pounds and then claim 19% corporation tax savings. If you have a 120 pound microphone, take up the VAT, that makes 100 pounds. You can claim a tax deduction of 130 pounds, i.e. 130%. And that currently works out to basically chop in £25 off your corporation tax bill. And so the £120 microphone, basically that only costs you £75, which is quite a, a juicy saving. It only applies to companies, this super deduction, sadly, not sole traders, not partnerships. So if you're run running a company, don't forget to look into that. And just to say, if you're not registered for VAT and you spend £120 on microphones, it still would count for the super deduction. It would basically cost you £90 after that. So still definitely worth claiming. I just love your super geeky tax knowledge, like on why it's a great time to buy now. We did actually mention this before on a podcast, which was dealing with limited companies, because as Ed said, it only applies to limited companies, the super deductions. So I think they use the example of if you're a consultant or GP and you're buying equipment, then you could get super deductions on that maybe as well. So yeah, if, if you've got a company, yeah, you can get um, a super deduction. If you're limited liability partnership or a normal partnership or a sole trader, then you can't. Basically, the government um, realized that because of COVID, there's a lot of cash sitting there in companies' bank accounts. People aren't investing as much as they'd like. So it's an incentive really to get people uh, investing and uh, boosting the uh, productivity of the UK. I love it. Sounds like I could spend some more money if the chief financial officer would be allowed banned. <laughs> okay. I thought we'd just get into that because it's just, I just love uh, that super geeky tax knowledge that could save you money, hopefully. I mean, I've heard that some podcasts take Christmas off. Not us. We're not taking Christmas off. We're still going to be working in the NHS. I'm doing the double again this year. I did the double last year. So Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve. I'm not working Christmas Eve. I was allowed it off. They're wow. kind of my practice. But we know that a lot of you are working. And I just wanted to say, Thank you so much for what you do. You're doing an amazing job helping patients every day. And it is really, really hard out there right now. So just thank you for what you do. And I hope that you get a bit of a break over the festive season. We are doing the top 10 podcasts of all time. We're just going to run through them and tell you what we think about them and uh, summarize them. So shall I get started? Let's go for it. So in position number 10 is... Episode 60, Bitcoin, Scam or Hoddle. So in this, we have, we're joined by Dr. Abdullah Albiati, who runs a company which is using blockchain technology, which is the technology that Bitcoin is actually built on, to help share medical records. So I found this one really interesting, and Abdullah is a great guest on the podcast. I guess in the podcast, I shared why I do not have any Bitcoin or cryptocurrency in my investment portfolio. And since then, Bitcoin has more than doubled. So since the podcast, Bitcoin has more than doubled in price. And the obvious question is, do I now regret not buying some? And the answer is, if someone had told me at the time they recorded that it was going to double in price, and they could guarantee that, of course, I would have bought it. Like, why would you not? But no one can predict the future. It could have easily halved in price. It could have gone to zero. 
And I think for me, what this episode demonstrates is that you need to have confidence in your investments. Okay, so I am a moderately experienced investor, I would say. And you have to have confidence in your investment strategy, because when the market crashes, and statistically, it will crash, right? So you just need to embrace that thought. You need to be 100% confident in your strategy. So I started investing in stocks and shares in 2009. I don't know if you, well, I know you remember because you were working in financial services at the time. 2008 crash, lots of people lost their jobs and everything. And it was all doom and gloom about the stock market. So I started investing in that climate. And more recently, February 2020, there was a big dip in the stock market because of COVID. And I watched my hard earned money that I'd earned uh, and invested go down by up to 30%. And if you're not confident in your strategy, when that happens, you may panic and sell. And if you sell in that kind of situation, you could lose a lot more. Okay. And obviously, subsequently, the market went back up and has continued to do so since. And so I didn't sell. In fact, I actually bought more because I'm very confident in my strategy. And that worked out well. But if I was in Bitcoin, and it went down, I think I would be susceptible to sell if it had a big crash, because I'm just not confident in it, because I don't really completely understand it. And I don't understand the arguments for its use case going forward. So I think this is interesting about the psychology of investing in Bitcoin. The other thing I'd say is that not all, definitely not all, but a lot of cryptocurrency investors that I see have skipped the basic steps of good financial management. So they haven't paid off all of their high interest rate credit card debt. You should definitely be doing that before doing any investing. Even worse, they might have bought Bitcoin on the credit card, like leveraging, crazy. They don't have an emergency fund. So that means that if they get in a tight spot and need cash, they might have to sell some of their assets at the wrong time. They might be 100% invested in crypto. I mean, not giving out financial advice today, but 100% crypto, pretty risky. So I think if you're an experienced investor with an existing portfolio, you understand the risks of a super volatile asset class like Bitcoin, fine, you know, if you want to put 5% in, fine. But I think everyone else get the basics locked in first, but everyone has a different opinion. I would say is that the blockchain technology, I think, is very interesting. And I think cryptocurrency makes sense on so many levels that something's going to become mainstream. But will it be Bitcoin? Will it be Ethereum? Will it be Dogecoin or some other coin that I haven't heard of yet? I'm not sure. I think interesting episode. What are your thoughts on Bitcoin, mate? As you say, if, if uh, you knew if it was guaranteed that it was going to increase in price or double in price, then I would invest, have invested too. But I, like you, I've not touched it, to be honest, and I can't see myself uh, doing so, really. Yeah, I think as well, like a lot of investing is about ignoring the noise and the hype and just uh, getting a nice, safe strategy that's going to deliver you the returns that you need. Let's move on from Bitcoin because often we get a lot of impassioned emails about Bitcoin. In position number nine, this is one of my favorite episodes. So 10 financial tips for consultants. I mean, basically, in this episode, we just went totally crazy and tried to deliver everything that we know in 45 minutes at a high level. Key things for me, I listened to this episode the other day. And at the start, we talk about our colleague who sadly passed away from COVID. I was just reflecting back on that. So many healthcare workers have passed away from COVID. I was wondering, is there any plans for a memorial? I don't know. Um, and it also reminded me of the work that we did with the Healthcare Workers Foundation to help some of those people out. And also shout out to Talbot's Law, who helped us with that. But that was quite a somber moment. But the other thing that I took from it is 
this below inflation pay rise. I know we keep going on about this, but it's such a massive thing. So according to the BMA figures, some consultants have had nearly a 30% real terms pay cut in the last 10 years. And we talked about this on our budget podcast, but we've had a 3% or some people have had a 3% pay rise this year. Sounds great. But inflation is currently over 3%. Over 3%. So again, even though you've had a 3% pay rise this year, you're still having a real terms pay cut. And I think this is massive. But what can you do about it? But you can make better financial decisions. So pay the right amount of tax. And the other key thing for me is marginal rate, which I know you want to talk about because it's a complicated tax subject. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is one of the uh, the key messages from that podcast, the key concept, the marginal rate of tax. And it's really important every doctor, dentist, health professional understands this because most of us know that the, the tax rates in the UK are 20%, 40% and 45%, depending on your income, of course with those rates being slightly different in Scotland. But these are not necessarily your marginal tax rate. And as we say in this podcast, the marginal tax rate is percentage of tax paid on earnings for the next pound earned. Okay. So if your salary is, for example, let's say £70,000, and you earn an extra £1, you will pay 40% tax on that or 40 pence this extra pound in tax. And that's pretty easy. But don't forget that in certain situations, that may not be what your marginal tax rate is. For example, over £100,000 of adjusted net income, the rate of income tax of each extra pound is higher than you might expect. Above £100,000, the government begins to claw back your tax-free personal allowance. And this is part of the measures that were introduced by the, the Labour government to help tackle the large government debts incurred during the 2008 financial crisis that we, we spoke about just a minute ago. And what it basically says is that for every £2 that you go over £100,000, you lose £1 of your personal allowance. So by the time you get to an adjusted net income of £125,140 or more, it's only in this current tax year, then you lose the benefit of your personal allowance entirely. So that means that your marginal tax rate, the rate of tax you pay on that extra £1, is not 40%, um, but actually 60% between 100,000 and 125,140 pounds. Okay, so just bear in mind, you're not paying income tax of 40% at that point, you're paying 60%. And that's before national insurance, before pensions, before student loans, and so on. There's also another sting when you reach 100,000 pounds if you have children, because over this, you lose any entitlement to the tax free childcare scheme, which for those for those of you who don't know, it uh, is a government scheme where you get up to £500 every three months, up to £2,000 a year for each of your children to help with the cost of childcare. So if you or your partner earn more than £100,000 of net adjusted income, then you lose your entitlement to that scheme. In terms of losing your personal allowance or the benefits of the tax-free childcare scheme, know that we've been talking about adjusted net income, so not your actual earnings, okay? Your net income includes your employment expenses or employment employment earnings and these can be reduced by claiming your employment expenses so that's another reason to make sure you claim them further adjustments to get to net income would also include deducting any grossed up donations to charities on which you claim gift aid and also any private pension contributions you make note your nhs pension will already be taken into account so the point here I hope that's not too complicated, but the point here is that if your income hovers around that £100,000 mark, you may want to, first of all, consider 
you should actually take on that extra local shift or get that extra income in. And also make sure you're claiming all allowable professional expenses and maybe even consider making, say, charitable donations or potentially uh, further pension contributions. Be really careful about that one. To bring your net income below £100,000, try and keep yourself away from that higher marginal tax rate. Yeah, definitely be careful about making extra pension contributions without taking advice for tax reasons. We just recorded a webinar this morning where we ran the calc. So a consultant on uh, over the taxable income of £100,000 gets up with a waiting list initiative £100 an hour, and they end up taking home £38 an hour. So you get paid £100 after tax, national insurance, you end up with £38. Yeah, and that ignores anything else. Exactly. That's best case scenario, right? So there was so much in this episode as well. We talked about protection, we talked about investing, we talked about lifestyle creep, we talked about wills as well, super important. Yeah, inheritance tax, oh my goodness, I forgot we talked about that. Yeah, this episode is pretty heavy, but obviously popular because um, position number nine. So on to position number eight, which was episode two, I believe, how to claim a tax rebate and reduce your tax bill. I am really happy to see this up here, but tell us about it, mate. Yeah, so this is one of our most important podcasts we we did, I think, because it's really fundamental. And everyone needs to make sure that they are claiming all allowable employment expenses against their employment income, because otherwise you're sure to overpay tax. And of course, HMRC aren't going to tell you if you're owed a deduction. See, everyone needs to be really on the ball about this and maximize the amount of deductions that they're claiming for, allowable deductions, um, to minimize their tax liabilities. Don't forget that you can claim for the previous four tax years as well as the, the current tax year. So currently at this current time, Christmas 2021, you can claim for all allowable employment expenses from the 6th of April 2017 onwards. And those expenses include your GMC fee, any Royal College fees, your indemnity insurance, any exams that you took as part of your mandatory training contract. So that's a significant amount of money that you can claim back if you haven't already. And for all of those of you who listen to this podcast and you haven't claimed tax relief from your employment expenses, please give yourself a massive Christmas present. Uh, and make that claim because it's going to save you a lot of money. Yeah, using our free guide, right? Oh, yep, absolutely. We've got a free guide on our website that will take you through it step by step. And it's all for free. So just, you know, download that guide, run through it, and make that claim, get yeah. that tax back. I think for me as well, like, this is the basic sort of stuff, but the basics are so fundamental, okay? And we talk about a lot of complicated stuff on the podcast, which you definitely do need an accountant for. But this, just use our guide. I don't, I really would hope that most people would not need an accountant to do this. The guide is really popular, really easy to follow. So yeah, on to position number seven, which is the NHS pensions tax trap with salary sacrifice. So bit of a clickbait title there. And this episode just covered so much. This was from two of our advisors specialist medical advisors and this just demonstrated the benefit of specialist advice we talked about so much it started as a really simple question from a radiologist but we end up talking about the marginal tax rate which you just told us about talk about limited companies we talked about income protection wills again we did talk about the pensions tax trap with salary sacrifice so if you're not aware of that and you're thinking about getting a salary sacrifice scheme definitely have a listen to this episode please I think what I would say about that is that the salary sacrifice is a complex issue and 
it's not always bad news, which sometimes it's portrayed to be always bad, but that's not the case. But the other thing about that is that it just reinforces that the NHS pension scheme has become so complex that just something as simple-ish as using salary sacrifice to buy a car has just become so complicated. Like the pension is just so complicated. I kind of wish it wasn't that complicated. Our advisors are the best in the business and they are all well-versed in how the pension works. That's why they want to make money. But it's just, I think they would like it simpler as well. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm sure everyone would really. It's just um, so complicated now. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're down to position six now, which is episode 32, which is does a limited company actually save you tax? Right. This is like one of the number one questions that we get all the time. And not to use a a classic cop-out answer, but the actual answer is it depends. So this episode was really good. I mean, this episode is over a year old now, and I think there's been a few changes. I mean, so much changing all the time, but there's been a few changes here, I think, mate, that you wanted to tell us about. Yeah, that, that's it. So, um, I mean, the first thing to say, just going back to the the point in general, is that it's, it's a common viewpoint that a lot of people have that setting up a limited company can save tax. And that comes from the idea that if you set up a company, you pay corporation tax at 19% on the profits, and then you pay yourself some dividends out of the post-tax profits, then overall you're going to end up with a lower tax bill, not least because at no point will any national insurance be paid. And that's the, the thing about it that everyone kind of hones in on. And it certainly can be the case that setting up a limited company is the right business model and can result in a lower overall tax burden. But as time has gone on, any advantages really have been eroded and that's before you think about the dreaded IR35 legislation that's coming to stop people setting up limited companies and then effectively doing an employee's role through the company. You also need to take into account the fact that there's an increased admin burden as well of running a company. All in all, if you do believe that a company is the right structure for you, definitely get expert opinion on that and explore that option. And it may well lead to a reduced uh, tax burden. But just bear in mind, it's not quite the, the kind of panacea that a lot of people seem to think it is when it comes to tax. And there are other things to mention, as Tommy's just said, things have uh, been changing recently. So firstly, the rate of corporation tax is rising from the 1st of April 2023, and it's going to go up to 25%. The existing rate, which is 19%, will continue to apply to small companies. And that is any company with profits of up to £50,000. And then a tapered rate is going to apply to those with profits between 50,000 and 250,000 pounds. So the nearer your company's profits get to 250,000 pounds, the higher the effective tax rate will be up to that maximum of 25%. Just bear in mind the tax rate of 19% is going to be changing from April 2023. And then secondly, and actually this really applies to any kind of business, but bear in mind that the tax being paid on dividend income is also going up from the 6th of April 2022 by an additional 1.25% as part of the new health and social care levy that the government have recently introduced. So you've got those two things, you've got corporation tax going up and the tax on dividend um, income also going up as well. Just, just be, bear in mind that things have, have moved on since that, uh, that podcast. Yeah, great for the update there. Maybe we should do a, an updated episode soon. Once Rishi's finished making his many changes. I think the other thing to say is what this demonstrates is that I feel like a lot of doctors uh, hear that their friend is 
started a limited company and is saving loads of tax and think, oh, well, that must be the right option for me. You know, everybody's, each of our personal financial situation is really, really different. And what is right for one of your colleagues might not be right for you. So as Ed said, the benefits of using a, a company are slowly but surely being eroded. It could still make sense for you. And if it does make sense, it can make a lot of sense, right? Have a listen to uh, the episodes that we just talked about previously about the radiologist to see the benefits of that. It's got loads of benefits, but it, just don't start a company without getting at least some advice and or just listening to our podcast because it'll put out the, the options. And also there's a great breakdown of the figures comparing the take-home pay on limited versus self-employed versus POYE on there. There's actual slide, so it's great. All right, so that rounds out the top six, I believe. Uh, unless I've lost count, I'm looking across to our accountant friend. So next week, we will be doing the top five. So now we are off to the Medics Money Christmas party. That's it. Which is going to be wild. A lot of our uh, people that help us work remotely, so it's going to be a small crowd. But on that note, we just wanted to say thank you to everybody that helps to make this podcast tick. There is a lot of work that goes into the podcast. Uh, so thank you so much to our sound editor who definitely overworked. Hopefully the sound quality will be better for them. Thank you so much to everyone that helps us, everyone who helps us build our website. I wanted to say thank you to all of the advisors that have come on the podcast. Getting this podcast going and wouldn't work without them because it would just be me and Ed every week, and which is not possible. And the advisors, they do so much work to get these episodes going because they're talking about technical stuff. So thank you so much for the advisors supporting us. And finally, this podcast would literally just be me and Ed sat in my garage still, if it wasn't for our listeners, that's you. We love answering your questions. We love hearing from you. We love hearing your ideas for content. We love having you on the podcast. And we love that you're finding it so useful and have told so many of your friends about it. I think we've gone over 180,000 downloads now. I think we did 20,000 downloads last month, which is absolutely crazy. So hopefully the sound quality is going to start to justify those download figures. Have a great Christmas. If you're working, thank you for everything you do. And we'll see you on the next episode for Positions 5 to 1, where we find out what the number one podcast is. <laughs>